So, the last three weeks we've been journeying with this parable and dealing, as Hilary reminded us in the beginning of the service, dealing with different aspects. And um, this morning I just want to focus for a short time in the aspect of the hard work. Uh, We've been talking about the first Sunday about how time is crucial. And last Sunday we got reminded from the scriptures that actually the resources that we have been entrusted with are crucial as well. And going back to the parable of the talent, so you guys who haven't been here the last two Sundays, the flow of the thought has been that here we've got this guy who is going on a journey. And he has chosen three of his servants to entrust his property. And we said that in those days, one talent was worth 16 and a half years of earnings. So to one guy, he entrusts five talents, to the other one two, and to the other one one. And the story goes that the master comes back, Servant. He gave me one, and I'll give you one back, because I dug a hole. So, Jesus is using this parable just to draw the attention of his audience that actually his coming, his second coming, is going to be real. It's real. It's going to have an impact. It's going to have an impact also for the way that the Christians are going to live their lives. So it's, it's kind of preparing. You know, Jesus is there. He is there with his disciples. This is a parable that has come straight from the mouth of Jesus. And then he te- goes on and he says, but this servant that had one talent given to him, he went and dug a hole and just waited It's sobering, but on the other hand, it just reminds me of the reality of the lives that we live in. You know, in a football game, if you've got a football team, the coach really wants for the team to win the game, doesn't he? Who is the coach that just sends the players in the field to play something and actually with no expectations of winning the game. I know that if you had a a team that you disliked, you probably would say that name of the team. I'm not going to say that today. But it's that expectation. And I think this is the kind of expectation that the master had when he handed over the things. That basically, the, 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 the word that has struck me this morning is that they were entrusted with a property of somebody else. If you were to give somebody else your car, do you expect them to look after it the same way that you do? I would. If you were to to entrust somebody with something that was very precious to you, like the year, 16 years plus of your earnings, well, what do you want them to do with your money? It's your money, 
It's your sweat. It's your sacrifice for the whole years. Of course, you want them to look after them. And if not, just invest. So here we've got this guy. And here we've got the task that they've given. They've been entrusted with a property. What does this have to do with Advent? Why this is so prominent as a parable with Advent? Well, because Advent is about coming. It's about the second coming of Jesus. And for me, it's a time that I kind of look at my life and look at my walk with Jesus. And I'm saying, asking daily the questions, not whether I am ready or not, but what are the marks that show my preparedness and my readiness for the Master's return? What are some of the things? Because it is very easy to get to be part of a crowd. It's very easy to get involved with the business of life and all those things. Actually, it is very easy also to grow cold and lose sight what what you have been entrusted. It's very easy for us as a church as well to grow cold because we take it for granted. So actually, this parable... I just want to take it very positively that this is kind of a a very big challenge for us all, but it's an exciting challenge because it's looking at, at our lives and saying, actually, what are some of the things that we want to do, even starting from tomorrow, to share or to be or to to give, that we are showing that we are ready for the master's return. The sad thing is that this guy went for the safest option. The safest option was to find a place, to dig a hole, and put all the hard work in digging the hole so he could put the 16 and a half years of earnings into this hole until the master's return. What it's saying to me is that actually we have been entrusted with the property of the master. But are we putting the hard work to the right resources? That's a very staggering question because safety is what the world says today. In our mindsets, we always look, you know, I've come to the UK, I've been here for six years, and pensions was never part of my thinking. But that's what you hear. Because it's made, well, we're made to believe that actually when we retire, it's going to be very hard. It's going to be unstable, it's going to be this and that. And... There is truth in that. I'm not, I'm, please do not get me wrong. I'm not getting at the pensions. But I think it's the mentality that we are trying to, to well, we are made to be thinking that we want to play safe. And to be real, 
Let's give this third servant some credit. If you were entrusted with 16 and a half years of somebody's earnings, what would you do? Would you not think, first of all, what is the safest option? The other thing is the guy went and did what he thought it was right. He dug a hole, buried the money in, and waited. Whereas the other two were a bit against the flow because they thought, oh, we're going to take risks. So the question that I've got that comes from this parable is, as God's people, are we taking risks for the right reasons? Or are we taking risks because we think this fits all right with me? I'll dig a hole. Because actually, even digging a hole is taking risks. Because you might have somebody who notices where you've dug the hole, you go home and they get the money. The other thing that I just wanted to remind us this morning is that in this parable, there is this great idea that those two servants, the, the one with entrusted with five and the two, they seized the opportunity. So there is, there is risk taking, but also you see this opportunity that has been given to you, this property entrusted to you, given to you on the basis of your ability, what do you do with it? You make everything possible that comes your way to make this look great, be great, and actually make your master happy. One of the stories that comes to my mind when, when, when this, and probably you've heard this before from me, is that um, the first missionaries who came to Albania when it opened up in 1991, they are my heroes of faith, actually. I don't have many, but I've got a few. And one of the things that I really, really admire and I never stop thanking God about is that People from all over the place. We had two guys from South Africa. They had a very clear call from God that they needed to go and plant a church in Douros, Albania, when the country was closed up. And the moment the country opened up, they were the first people to come there in a place with... There was no missionary network. There was no support. Everything was blank sheet. Everything was unknown. They didn't have any house to stay. They came on the back of a caravan. And they just moved into this country. And to this day, I really admire them. And I've asked them the question, what made you take this opportunity so seriously and be fruitful with it? And I think it was obedience. Very clearly, they saw that God had called them. And here, they get on the plane, fly to Czechoslovakia, get a van, and come to Albania. Seize the opportunity. 
seize the opportunity and anything else like that then flowed from that point onwards because other people saw, oh really, God is working and therefore the team then expanded in Albania. But it started off with some people in the middle of nowhere from my kind of thinking, I didn't even know where South Africa was in those days, coming and saying, actually, we want to bring the good news of Jesus to Albania. Young Christians, they didn't have any church experience. They just sensed God was calling them. And I just want to throw that here in the middle because... Perhaps there are little things that come on your way. And the excuses that you might come up with is the excuse of digging a hole because of safety, digging a hole because it's not worth risk-taking, digging a hole because actually there are other people who can do the same thing better than you, Whereas it's very clearly that God has entrusted you with something that is very precious to him. And the question that we have, the question that I'm asking myself, and I want to throw that in the middle is, what am I doing with what God has entrusted me with? So when that time comes, when I see the master... He can still say, come and join me in my happiness. If you want to be surprised by joy this Christmas, if I want to be surprised by joy this Christmas, one of the ways that we can do this is go there and ask God, is there something that you have dug away? Is there something that you have dug because you're playing safe? And God is asking you to take risks. And you're still playing it safe because that's what the rest of your family is doing. That's what the rest of your friends is doing. That's what the rest of the world is doing. And you still have got that burning in you. And God is saying, come on, I have entrusted you with this property. I want you to be faithful. And I want you to be surprised by the happiness of your master.